Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Our 810 guest, I am excited to interview. Why? Well, let's talk about this. August is National Black Business Month, which I didn't know that. (laughs) For those interested in starting their own company, what should they know about the capital and financing that's needed to start such a venture? And what resources are out there to help your business grow? Well, First Independence Bank is the first black-owned bank in the Twin Cities. And Damon Jenkins, Senior Vice President of the Twin Cities Branch, joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline to talk about those resources. Damon, welcome to WCCO Radio. Um, It really is a pleasure to have you on. Hey, thanks. I appreciate the invite, and I'm excited to be a part of the conversation. I am um, so overwhelmed with joy uh, when I first heard about First Independence Bank opening up. And I wonder if you have heard um, a lot of people like the screams and and joy of people that when it was first announced, I I can just imagine what that was like for all of you, because so many people of color, BIPOC, not just African-Americans, but just overwhelming. And you also have such a beautiful mixture of African-Americans, Africans, if I'm not mistaken, and a few uh, white VPs as well, senior VPs. I started reading everything I could find out about this bank. bank. Tell us how long you've been there and what it means to you to have First um, Independence Bank right here. Sure, Gerilyn. You know, first of all, it's it's been a joy and it's been quite um, exciting just to see the amount of support and the excitement. And to your point, not just in the communities of color, but throughout the state, you know, even in in our white communities, we we've really seen people um, really get on board and first of all feel pride, uh, proud, I should say, that we we are here. But also, it, I think it's becoming uh, a, a point of pride for for the state and and, and beyond. So, super excited about um, how we've been embraced and how we've been supported. And myself, I you know just actually um, finished off. I, um, I, my first year anniversary with um, First Independence Bank. And so it's just been quite the journey and quite the story how I came to um, be at the seat of this opportunity. And I'm just looking forward to it. And so, you know, I grew up here in the Twin Cities. And so to be a part of this, to bring a, a, a branch bank and resources to specifically the community that I grew up in, it's, you know, it's a blessing. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity. 
And of course, as you know, Minnesotans love their own. You know, if you're born and raised here, you are a graduate of the University of Minnesota uh, with over 15 years of experience in banking industry. We can go on and on about who you are. But let me tell you, Minnesotans start to hear you say, oh, yeah, you know, I went to the I graduated from the University of Minnesota. It's like everyone starts smiling. So really, um, I'm so excited that you are joining us tonight. So here we are looking at this Independence Bank. I want to know what it was like for you when the first phone call came in that was not pleasant because I'm sure many have have probably experienced that well you know it those are the things that 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 keep you up at night to be honest and so um, I also was excited though because it was our opportunity to get feedback and to really you know get some direction and, and specifically from the customer in regards to how we could do things better and so, you know, I've been in banking for 15 years and, and banking or a banking relationship, you know, there's growing pains regardless of what institution. And I've been blessed and fortunate to work for uh, two larger institutions. And you know what? Throughout the, the course of our relationship with customers, we've had growing pains. And so it, it, it was something that was anticipated. And, but I was excited because we got the opportunity to really dig into and have an intimate conversation with the customer and really thank them, but also there was an opportunity to ask for grace because as we are, you know, establishing our branch location and really getting our resources available, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. And so it just, it's, it's nice to get the feedback because it gives us the opportunity to adjust. So it was a really good conversation. We both walked away feeling really good about the relationship. And I think, um, you know, that, that customer felt really heard and appreciated. And um, going forward, you know, we're, we're anticipating that, you know, somewhere down the road, there may be some, some other hurdles and some other rubs that we may have to embrace, but we're just hoping that we can continue to get that feedback, but um, the community continue to have grace and be patient with us as we go through it, you know, definitely hold us accountable so we can improve and, and, and always put the experience of the customer first, but also, um, be supportive as we um, continue to establish and, and get things set up here so we can we can continue to grow and learn we from have, whatever mistakes that we may have. We have so many banks here that have been set up, and we know that um, who they are, we know how they operate, and there have been some real challenges for um, the BIPOC community. Where do you go where you can trust your money? You can trust the people that are working with you, and that has been a challenge. How has First Independence bank been welcomed here of course it started if i'm not mistaken in michigan is that correct mm-hmm. sure right. and and so, so now you have go ahead no no go ahead i'm sorry well now you have several of the um, um the banks uh, do you call them stores or banks <laughs> Branches, branch locations. Thank you. Branch locations. Now you have uh, several. And and to know that you've been succeeding, I'm just curious to know what that really means to those that come stand in the line. Like me, I like to come in and meet people and be mm-hmm. in their space instead of just do everything online. And I know online is a big thing for you as well. Mm-hmm. Well, branch, branch, or I should say banking in general, we all know that, you know, hasn't been as inclusive, especially when we're talking about communities of color. And so we're excited because this was a bold step. I mean, when you think about um, the partnership that we've, or the ecosystem, I would even call it, that we've we've created with the five other larger banks, I think that's a step in the right direction. You know, there's a lot of uh, things that 
that we, we still would need to get accomplished. There's a long road ahead of us, but this is the start of something that's really focusing on putting people first, powering the potential, and specifically um, targeting underserved communities. You know, we know that our communities of color um, have been marginalized and there's been systemic racism that has plagued the, the growth opportunity, especially when we're talking about building assets and building wealth. And so us um, being here is a part of the solution. You know, we're we're at the table and we're really having conversations with the other banks saying, how can we really work and, and together and really think about bringing equity into banking? And that way we can act, provide access and, 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 and bring resources to communities of color. The other thing is, you know, banks are a beacon of hope. And so to have a Black-owned bank here, you know, I think it really brings a sense of pride, but it also brings hope within the communities of color. You know, I, I will say that, you know, it, it's where it's our very, we're being very intentional and very deliberate about the resources in regards to product services that we want to bring to communities of color. But, you know, as, as I've stated in previous conversations, we're Black-owned, but we're not Black-only. You know, exactly. You know, we're we're looking to really grow and offer our full service resources throughout the Twin Cities and throughout the state of Minnesota. You know, we need all community support in the bank because one, because we are a bank, right? You know, we're very intentional on what we want to do in regards to communities of color, but we still need, um, uh, for example, we need our white allies. We need every community, every culture. Um, and if you allow me to use the analogy, Geraldine, in the boat rowing with us. You know, right. we, we, we are on the cuffs of doing something special, and it's going to take the, the, the support across communities for us to not just be successful, but for us to be sustainable. You know, you think about um, there used to be 100 minority-owned banks in, in the space of 5,000, and now there's, there's 17. And so for this to work, for us to be here for another 52 years, we're, we're hoping to expand our services and, and grow relationships uh, throughout this state and across the Twin Cities just to ensure that we're banking um, as many communities as we can in this state. So what are you hearing from the communities, especially when you say we're Black-owned, but we're not Black-only? You know, for me, it's hard to even hear that. We shouldn't have to say those sort of things, but then we do. Um, And and you see how many companies or banks that have tried and not succeeded. This one is doing well so far, Um, not just here uh, because you just opened, but, of course, in all the other places where you have banks. So when you say black owned, that's something to be, you know, proud of. If there's a um any any um banks that rise up and it's owned by people of color, whether they're black or Hispanic and you go on and on and on, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is this is what America is supposed to be about. We should be celebrating that, right? Do you feel as though in the first independence bank has um, people really celebrating them saying, we are so happy that you are here. It's been too long and now let's move forward. Are we going to start seeing more and more banks that are owned by African-Americans as well? So first, um, to answer your question, absolutely. You know, we've, I've been elated to just see the, the, like I said, the support and just the excitement. You know, people have specifically said to me, and not just within the black community or communities of color, across this state, people have said, you know, this was a long time coming. 
You know, people were expecting um, something bold to happen after the murder of George Floyd. And I think it just really set our state up to really show this region. And I would even argue this this country what true equity and access looks like. You know, and so it's exciting to see, you know, folks are coming in to the bank. They're they're establishing their relationships and they're excited and they're calling the bank their own. And so I think you know, to the to answer your question, yes, you know, the the excitement is there, the the support is there, and like I said, I think it's a very prideful point uh, throughout um, the Twin Cities and, and across the state. In, in regards to black owned, I think we have to be um, very intentional about elevating that because of how um, few there are in the space. Right. And, and to your point of all these other systemic racism things that marginalization and oppression that has really, you know, prevented black wealth. You know, anytime you can elevate black entrepreneurship or, 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 or a black owned business in general, I think that's good, to, um, especially for our own community. Right. For our own future babies to see um, and be exposed to what we would still say is still supposed to be the American dream. So this is a, a bold step in that, in that, in that direction, and, and we're excited. The other part of it is to, to, to also stress why we're not black only, because we're a bank, we're a business. And so we need everyone's support. You know, we, for us to have a sustainable business model and for us to continue to grow and to have the reach and the capacity to serve um, in the spaces and in, in the communities that we're being very intentional, we need that support. You know, it's no different than you supporting any any other bank or any other financial institution or any other retail place. You know, if you think about Target and the Walmarts and some of these other places, you know, they're just not banking one culture. And so I think, you know, we have to be careful as we illustrate that because we don't want, I don't want, I should say, the confusion of people who aren't of color to think that because they're not a black or brown person that they can't bank with us, right? Because right. their relationship, especially the cultures or the communities that have the assets, that have the money, we need those relationships to, that, that will truly give us the capacity to serve low to moderate income communities, to really bring resources to um, diverse business owners to ensure, like I said, that everyone's having the opportunity to abundance and ultimately getting getting access so we can power their potential to grow. Okay. So let me just ask this question. I, you know, when I go to banks, I want to see the tellers. I want to see the loan officers. I want to have a relationship with them. That's the way banking used to be done. Now everything is technology. And I'm just curious to know what percentage would you say is, you know, having people face to face and getting to know those that work there and they getting to know us uh, versus everything being online? Which one works the best? Oh, I, think you need a, I think you need a combination of both. Just because banking is changing, the banking sector is changing, and technology is really taking over. You know, I think about my daughter. She'll be 21 here um, at the end of the year. Her and her, her friends would probably never step foot in a bank, right, because they do everything from their phones. And so you're seeing customer demand that's really dictating the technology that's, that's being introduced to banking. So I, I must state that. I do think it's just as important to have a branch presence. And, and I'm blessed because, you know, First Independence is a smaller uh, community firm. And so, you know, I think you need that to your point because you still 
have the customer preference like yourself. A part of your experience is going in and interacting and building that relationship with people. So I think you need a balance. You know, as, as I think about my tenure in banking, you know, I, I saw in situations where it, it absolutely made sense to have to lean more towards technology because the customers were telling you and their banking behaviors was telling you that, that maybe in this area that they were more driven towards banking from their phone or banking from their tablet or computer where you have and and you 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 probably see it more in communities of color where we're more transactional right and so that's where you have to be deliberate about having it but i do think you it should be a balance because um because customer habit is telling us that technology is um important you know, I myself, you know, before I go into a, a bank to do a product, I always go online, right? I don't mind putting in a loan application at 8 o'clock at night after after dinner. So I think, you know, to be well-rounded, I think you, you have to have balance of both because I do think there's still power in the human connection. I think there's still uh, power in a handshake and a smile and a thumbs up or a fist bump when you um, onboard a new customer or deepen the relationship or share what I would describe as one of their first, whether it's the first account, the first loan, the, stu- the first purchase of a home. So I think to balance those, but you, you as a as a bank, you just really want to keep your pulse and your ear to what your customers are telling you, and and make those decisions accordingly. But to bring the the customers in, specifically the seniors, they don't want all of the technology. And so I'm just That's curious correct. to know if First Independence Bank is saying, hey. Come, all of you that want technology, we yes. give you technology, and all of you who don't, mm-hmm. we can give you that too. So as long as yes, you know yes. people understand it, then I know you'll be you know full of of clients and full of Minnesotans who come in and say yes, I want to be a part of this. But that has been a real challenge for me watching my mother, you know the way she deals mm-hmm. with banking, and it's unfortunate. It's like they don't understand that uh, the senior citizens, this is what they're doing. They are going to stick to their way of doing it, and that's that. And I don't see anything wrong with that. We ought to be able to have the new and the old come together, and that's the beautiful thing, right? Absolutely, and I agree with that. And so, yes, to your point, uh, we want folks to come pull on the doors. You know, we just opened up our drive-up on our university location, and so we want people to come. And as important, we want people to come experience. You know, this is the first black own bank in the state of Minnesota. This is a historic time. So we want people to come in, see the branch, meet the staff, get to know us. And then, you know what, the technology piece, that's an extra option for you. That's just giving you that flexibility for if for whatever reason you're in a rush and, and, and you can't make it over there to see us or you come pull on that door and we're not there, you always have a banker right there um, uh, as, 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 as much as possible. But yeah, we we're hopeful. You know, as, 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 as folks are listening to, you know, this show, I'm hoping that it motivates some people to say, you know what, I want to go be a part of something special. I want to go be a part of something that's bigger than me, that's really going to not just support a new bank that's coming into town, but to really give uh, bank that support to really power the potential of underserved communities. So we invite customers. We'll be opening our new, our second location here um, late next month. And so we want people. We want we want to see people, um, and 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 we want to do it in a very appropriate way. But you know, we want we want people to come, experience the branch, experience the staff, and ultimately have intimate conversations so we can get you in the right product or service to get you on the path of, of building assets and ultimately 
building wealth that you can pass down throughout generations. Ah, there you go. That's what I was waiting to get to. I'm so happy that you join me tonight, Damon Jenkins, Senior Vice President of First Independence Bank. And uh, we are looking forward to, I'm looking forward to walking in that building and meeting the tellers and, um, you know, being able to see it, feel it and know that, wow, this is here. This is real. I'm so grateful for it. So thank you. And I do hope that you'll be there for a long while. Absolutely. Well, that's our prayer, and we need the support. And so, you know what, everybody, as I've, as I've said in previous conversations, jump in this boat and roll with us and stay there. Even when the, I'll be when there. the tides get a little tough, uh, come yeah. on and support us. But super excited and appreciate the opportunity to come share, you know, our vision, vision and our message and just really what we're trying to get accomplished. Exactly. You know, solution, and I will be walking you know. in the door soon. You will definitely know I'm in the space. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Damon, take care of yourself and thank you for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 